Welcome to Beautifully Bloomed, the podcast where we explore how to break you out of the box of rules and beliefs that are holding you back from the life you're meant to live. I'm your host, Rebecca Turville. Join me as I share mindset tools, coaching conversations, and human design to help you uncover your unique gifts and create the life, relationships, and business you desire. So welcome, Carissa. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited. Yeah. So for my audience, Carissa was on another episode and I should have looked up the episode, but you were on the generator panel when we had that. And that was a while ago. So that was in season one. For any of you who are interested in all the generator goodness, like Carissa shared some of her ideas about how it felt like to live as a generator, that's an episode in season one. And so go back and check that out because those are fun to listen to. Um, So, but today we're not really necessarily talking about being a generator, but we are talking about faith stories and faith transitions and well, anything, Carissa, anything you have to share about your faith story is interesting to us. So first of all, did you, you were born into a certain religion or church or what happened? Like, yep. So I grew up Catholic and I went to Catholic school all the way from nursery school up through high school. And um, it was interesting because I think at that time I didn't really question it as much as I did until I got into like my older adult years, like most of us, I think do, but what I've come to realize is that as I've become you know, older and wiser, I feel like the Catholic Church really kind of came from this place of fear. And of course, I'm sure that wasn't the initial intention when the church was built and founded, but it really felt like, you know, God was this thing that we were all meant to fear. And mm. so I want to share with you just like an experience that I had in high school that really almost kept me from having what I believe I have now, which is a very intimate and close connection with God. So I went to an all-girl Catholic high school, and I think it was my freshman or sophomore year of high school where I went to this assembly, and one of the nuns was talking to us, and she was telling us, you know, when God gives you the call, you answer. And it was all about basically, you know, answering the call to become a nun, right, to go into the convent. And here I was at like 14, 15 years old and being like, oh God, no, please do not (laughs) tap me on the shoulder and ask me to become a nun because that is like the last thing I want to do. I like boys too much. I was way too boy crazy as a teenager. So I feel like it sort of like shut myself off from even having this close relationship with God because I just started to like fear that if I got too close, I was going to be called to do something that would result in me having to sacrifice a part of myself. As opposed to really feeling like I could be who I was and still have that connection with God. So yeah, that's something that like, I feel very strongly about is that in order to have a close connection with God, you really need to know who you are, right? You need to be secure and grounded in who you are because within you lives, I believe the divine, right? Yeah. So, I mean, as a teenager, were there a lot of well, and you went to a Catholic school where there are a lot of rules about, well, was this a school where you live there? I'm just thinking of a school where you go live at a school, but no, maybe that's not what, that's not no. what it is. Okay. <laughs> this is a normal high school, right? Like you live at home, you go to high school. Okay. Exactly. For some reason. Okay. Yeah. But of course, you know, we were all taught that we are sinners, right? We all have, um, yeah. you know, we, we can't get away from original sin. And part of our 
school experience was we had to sit in front of a priest face to face and confess our sins. And our classmates would be sitting in the same, in the pews next to us as we're talking to the priest. And you had to share with him like, Oh, like what I did wrong and ask for, to be absolved of all those sins. And again, it's like, it's almost like we are taught that we need to have this like intermediary between us and God to receive forgiveness, right. And to fear the judgment of someone else or to fear the judgment of God that we are bad. And I think that it sort of creates like this whole, I don't know, this mindset almost of, you know, there's good and there's bad and I have to be good all the time. And if I'm not good, I'm bad and I have to judge myself for it. And I think we become like our own worst critics at that point, right? We just, you constantly are taught to judge every behavior that you exhibit, you know, everything that comes out of your mouth, you know, you're taught that you have to be or say, or sound like a certain way in order to have, you know, God's grace or God's love. And that there's someone else that has to intermediate that for us and stand between us and God. Yeah. So was it like, I I assume there's some shame or some perfectionistic qualities even. I mean, some people don't develop that from that circumstance, but I know I do. (laughs) So did you find that like trying to be a perfectionistic, like, okay, I have to be perfect now. Absolutely. And I I say that I call myself like a recovering perfectionist and a recovering people pleaser (laughs) as a result where I felt like I had to, if I didn't get it right, or I didn't get it perfect, or I made a mistake, There was so much shame involved with that, that I had a really hard time, almost not not necessarily accepting accountability for what I did. I just, I would just shut down because I just wasn't comfortable with those feelings of shame because they were very overwhelming and really uncomfortable. Right. And so I'm just thinking how weird it is that you have to say in front of a class of your peers, the things you've done wrong. I mean, was this required? It's required, but I mean, you're not saying it you're hopefully saying it quiet enough that no one can hear you, but you know, that people are watching you, right? They're supposed to be praying while they're there or, you know, probably chatting amongst themselves, but it was just really, it just made it more awkward, right? You weren't going in. Yeah. It's embarrassing. And it's like uncomfortable to the point where like after high school, I don't know that I've walked into a confessional since because of the experience that it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. But it's almost like trying to indoctrinate you into this thought that you're going to, for the rest of your life, you have to come in and tell the priest. Otherwise, I mean, what did they say was going to happen if you didn't do that? Well, the old school thinking was you weren't allowed to receive communion at church if you hadn't received penance or gone to reconciliation. So I personally never really ascribed to that. I would still receive communion when I went to church. However, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I probably should go. Like, you know, <laughs> this feeling that like I won't be forgiven unless the priest does it for me. Yeah. Until I kind of came along my own spiritual journey and realized that that's actually not true and not the case. Yeah. So when did you, I mean, so, okay, you went to, this was in your, when you were growing up, you went to Catholic church in high school, but what happened after high school? Did you continue in the church? Are you still in the church or? So, yep. So I didn't really go to church in college. I think I was probably having too much fun studying and and (laughs) hanging out with my (laughs) friends, but, but no, like the church was still a part of my life in the sense that you know, I would go maybe not every week, but, you know, I have my kids learning, you know, they're, they're doing Catholicism. Like they're learning it. They're, they're attending, you know, family faith. 
through mm-hmm. our church, because I want them to have at least some sort of foundation to know like what it feels like to kind of be in the presence of God. Because I do believe that when you enter into a church, you, for me, like I always got this rush of kind of like love. Like I definitely feel, mm-hmm. I feel that personally. And maybe it's just me being like empathic. Mm-hmm. I just don't agree with all of the teachings of the church. And so I'm able to, I think the Catholic church is like one of those churches where like you have a ton of people that are Catholic, but don't necessarily like go and observe very you know devoutly or anything like that. Like you can kind of step away and sort of take what you want from it and what you don't. And the church that we belong to now is actually pretty progressive in the sense that like they are, they do talk about same sex marriage, right? Like they are very open in a lot of ways, which I think is wonderful. But I just, again, like, I just don't believe that we need to have an intermediary between us and God. And I don't know that I necessarily believe that a lot of the teachings of the church or even the teachings of the Bible are things that God wants us to believe, right? Like, I don't know that I believe in like a judgment day because I believe that God loves us no matter what. And he doesn't care if we're good or we're bad. I mean, he created this world according to the law of relativity, right? Where we Mm, are here to experience the polar opposites so that we can know the other, right? So we can only know love by experiencing fear. We can only Mm -hmm. know joy by experiencing struggles and pain. And so we come to our truth through those those conjoint experiences. And I just believe that, you know, God gave us free will, not so that he could judge us for what we do with it. Yeah, He gave it to us as, you know, a way of, being basically like, I don't want to say mini gods, but to, to be creators like he is, because we are constantly creating our life and the experiences that we call into our life, right. On a daily basis. Yeah. So how are you? I'm just curious. I'm thinking about your kids who are going to the Catholic thing. How are are you teaching them anything about what they're learning in Catholicism or you're just letting them? So I mean, I'm letting them do like their homework and attend the events that they need to attend. But then we have discussions about it and we talk about how we don't need to fear God. Like, yes, of course, like in some ways, like I want them to be a little bit fearful because I want them to like, in some ways, like know that they have to, you know, choose a higher path, right. Or choose, um, love as opposed to fear, but it's, it's, it really becomes more of like a discussion of like, listen, like at the end of the day, you have two choices before you. And I want you to always come from that place of love. So for me with them as their parent, I believe that if I allow them to really truly know who they are authentically and help instill within them a love for who they are and to radically accept who they are, they can love themselves unconditionally, which will then allow them to love others unconditionally. And when you come from a place of love, and a heart-based place, I believe you make better decisions, right? If you make a decision from fear, it's going to lead you down one path. And if you make a decision from love, it's going to lead you to a higher path. Yeah. Now, does the Catholic church teach about being authentically yourself? That's a good question. I don't know that it is explicitly put that way, but you are taught that we are each unique, which is good. (laughs) I think that that's really helpful. Because in some respects, what I've seen from religion is... They're not teaching you to look within your side, inside yourself, what feels right for you. You know what? It's like, no, this is the way. This is the one way. This is the only way. 
the black and white thinking, the, you know, right and wrong, like you said, the right and wrong, black and white. And it really takes away your own personal power. You, you're always like looking to that specific structure, right? Of belief that you're supposed to believe in order to get to heaven, for instance. Mm-hmm. So what's your thought on that? It's interesting that you bring that up because this is something, this is a thought that came to me. And of course, like my background made me immediately be like, oh no, like we can't think that way. That sounds awful. What it likens to in my mind is having almost like a toxic codependent relationship on God mm-hmm. because you're looking yeah. to someone else to tell you what to do, right? Or to yeah. fulfill a need you can't meet for yourself. Yeah. And yeah. I don't believe that that's what God wants. Like, I think God wants us yeah. to be independent and interdependent yeah. and yeah. interconnected with all of like each other and with him. <laughs> right. And then he, he gave us each a brain and each different, you know, we each have our own physical body and our own systems and our own heart and our own feelings. Right. So why would we all think exactly the same way? You know, why would we all believe exactly the same things? Absolutely. It, it, yeah. It doesn't make sense to me, but that's what I think happens is some of us get in the, the cycle of shame and guilt without even recognizing. I mean, why? Why do we feel the shame and guilt? But we're we're just ignoring ourselves, right? Because we're just feeling guilty based on something someone said that we should be doing. <laughs> and we're like, but but I don't want to do that. Oh, but I have to do that. <laughs> this is what I have to do. And it just it takes sometimes so many years to get out of that and to start thinking, you know, I could actually think for myself. <laughs> I actually could feel things for myself. I don't have to follow this prescribed thing that has been brought on me. It's it, Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of the theme of my life is I've had coming, have come through that for years, trying to reconcile in my head well, this is what I think I believe, but that doesn't really jive with that thing. And I, you know, I want to belong. You and I are both line fours, right? We want to belong. <laughs> and so it's a, there's this fear of not belonging. And I think all humans have this fear, right? Of being kicked out of the tribe or whatever. And that keeps us interlocked in these organizations that, you know, you feel this pressure to be a certain way. And sometimes it doesn't feel good to you. I mean, it sounds to me like you kind of recognize that and you didn't get all in, right? You kind of, well, cafeteria Catholics, I've heard this term before, (laughs) but it's like, it's almost like there's a permission to do that. Where in some religious organizations, it doesn't feel like there's a permission to do that because you're just sort of on the outs then, you know, you're not like, a true Christian, you know? Right. So, and that's going to really play into, like you said, like your authenticity, if you have this fear that you're going to be rejected or you're not going to be accepted, mm-hmm. it's going to make you fearful to actually be who you are and to have your own independent thoughts. Because look at the end of the day, God is powerful enough that if he wanted to control and tell you what to think at every moment, he would, and he could, right. but he doesn't, he allows us to have that freedom and flexibility for ourselves. And yeah. You know, I, I believe that God communicates with us, but not by controlling our thoughts. I think that I feel like God communicates with us, like through our experiences, right? It's like all about this, like experiential knowing so that we can remember who we are, like who we are at a soul level, like at a very deep level. And he speaks us through our emotions and our feelings, because 
I think oftentimes it's like, you know, you have these feelings and these emotions, but we don't understand like what that thought is. That's like underneath all of it, or that belief that's underneath all of it that may or may not be true. Yeah, exactly. So I'm curious because you talked about the soul level and knowing ourselves, how did you reconcile human design with God? I've had Christians ask me this, like, Ooh, you're into human design. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know about that. And I'm just curious, what is your answer for that? It's a really good question. But the way I look at it is that again, like God's constantly talking to us, right? So I feel like he comes to us even through inspirations and through downloads. It's through connecting with the spiritual realm. And I believe that, you know, Ra downloaded this system. It came from somewhere, right? It didn't just come out of like, I don't think like nowhere, because it's a very intricate system. And when you look at all the layers and the complexities of it, like there's no way one person, I don't think could have come up with that completely on their own. I mean, and if they did, they would have had to spend like their entire lifetime plus probably three more. Yeah. Like it was inspired is what you're saying. You think it was inspired from the spiritual realm or something, right? From God, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's a great answer. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's, it is interesting because, um, I mean, if you look at the history of human design, even you could see some things about Ra that you'd be like, "Mm." but -hmm. I'm like, but if you don't think of it as coming from the human, but it came through the human, it's, you know, he was a human, but it came through Mm -hmm. him and he, his job was to bring it here. I'm, I'm like, I've been able to reconcile that for myself, you know, that history part. But, um, but I love the fact that human design kind of does help you remember. Cause every time I have a client and give a reading, it's like, well, of course that's me. Oh yeah. I'm so glad you said that. I'm like, well, yes, of course it's you. Right. Like, like, it's almost like they forgot mm-hmm. that they could be this way, you know? And that's interesting because something else that I really strongly believe is like, I think a lot of people are taught that like, we're, we come to this life to learn things, right? Like we're here to learn lessons. But I think that we really come here to just remember who we are. We just kind of like forget. (laughs) And again, it's like that law of relativity, right? Like, I think that's kind of where Ra came from. Like in order for him to know what the higher self looked like, he really came from that not self because you had to, he had to experience. And we all have to experience that not self or who we are not to become who we really are and to appreciate that and to be grateful for it. Once you do experience it, like, wow, like this is who I am. Like, this is pretty amazing. Like not from an egotistical standpoint, but like, wow, what a blessing. Like I am so blessed to be who I am in this body, in this form, in this time and space. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because the story I have about that is one of the very major, one of my major placements on my chart is 32. So if I look in the gene keys, one of the unbalanced expressions that how he call it, he doesn't call them unbalanced expressions. Anyways, one of the right negative is fundamentalism. I'm like, well, I had to go through fundamentalism for many years and experience that that was part of my path, right? Because the gene keys can kind of help you see the story of your chart. It's interesting, right? Um, and that just was so eye opening to me to accept that this is actually a part of the journey I had to be on. It's okay. Like, yes, sometimes you want to be angry and all of that, but you know what? It's actually part, something I've learned a lot from and that I think is here for me to help others with now. Right. It's like, I had to go through that. There's no way I couldn't in order to be here. So 
I just love that. That's what I love about human design is looking behind the stories of all those gates and the, the major placements and what does it mean in your life? You know, it's just fascinating and it can help you tell better stories <laughs> about yourself. Absolutely. And like, I, I really do believe that like your soul can only know itself through that experiential knowing, because otherwise all of those ideas and possibilities are just ideas and possibilities. They don't become your true, your truth, right? They become your truth when you actually experience it and you can embody it. Yes. And you can like yeah. learn the lessons that come with it. Um, or not even learn the lessons, mm-hmm. but just again, like that, like remembrance of like, oh, okay, like now this all makes sense. I can see the bigger picture. I can see why these different things in my life have happened because they were meant to lead me to this point that I'm at now. It's an evolution, right? It's this up-leveling. Every time you kind of go around, it's like, you're not just going around on a merry-go-round, you're going around and you're, you're moving up to another level and seeing the bigger, a bigger and bigger picture yeah. as you kind of zoom out, I think. And I think that yeah. a, most of us, you know, before we have what I would call like a spiritual awakening, like we're so down in the ground and like focusing like on the wheat in the weeds and on the details and on the dirt and the soil, that we kind of forget to pick our heads up and realize like, oh wait, there's like a whole other, like yeah. <laughs> whole other world going on around here. And you know, how did I get here? <laughs> Thinking this is the only way life is, and this is the only way it can be. And all of a sudden it's like, wait, what about all the other billions of people out there? What are they doing? And why, you know, <laughs> I'm in this little dinky spot. I know. So it's super fascinating. So Carissa, before we go, tell people like, what do you do and where can they find you? Let's talk about that stuff. What do you do now? So, um, well, I'm a speaker and I'm a life coach and really my purpose to help is to help clients, um, basically find their joy. And for me, like finding that joy is really like number one, like rediscovering that truth of who you are learning how to love, right? So truth, love, loving who you are completely by set by radically self-accepting who you are and loving yourself unconditionally so that you can love other people in the same way. And then, you know, the third part of that would be, you know, knowing your purpose, right? Helping people understand what their purpose is and knowing that like your purpose really is just to be you. It's just, you get that free will to decide how you want to express that, right? In which way you want to use your talents and your gifts that you have. And then it's really reconnecting them back to their faith because I believe that when you can trust and know that you are always divinely guided and, and, you know, protected and supported and loved, it allows you to remove any other residual fear that you might have that could have been holding you back from reaching your fullest potential. So you're able to kind of take that leap knowing that even if you fall, there's something there for you, right? There's some learning, there's some like experience that you need to have so you can get to that next level. Or, you know, you're taking that leap and you're going to have, you know, hit this wild abundance that's going to be yours and it's going to flow your way. So um, that's really what I do. And people can find me on Instagram, um, Carissa Step. That's with two Ps. And um, my website is, you know, www.carissastep.com. Thank you, Carissa, for coming on. This was super fun. Thank you so much. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please go subscribe so that you get notified of all the future goodies that are coming along. While you're there, please leave me a review and let me know what you think. So excited to share this with you and can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye.